Hey, how you doing? Welcome back to Vicarious Competition. Today we are going to close out the Planet Eater series, do an episode on Rogzor. Rogzor is a... he's an older monster. He was one of the first, kind of second... was he the first? He might have been part of the first wave of, kind of, quote, second monsters in the faction. He was really exciting when he first came out. It's definitely a competitive option. You don't see him as much now, and the reason that is is because he just is a little bit linear and one-directional. So I would consider this a monster that is playable with a plan, uh, kind of in that category. Kind of probably like B-tier. Um, he can be competitive, but one of the things uh, about Planet Eaters as a faction is just they feel, something feels off about their stats. It feels like they should have more offense or, or more defense or something. They just feel a little anemic in their stat blocks. So Rogzor is a speed 6 pedestrian monster. He's defense 8. Does not go up in hyper. So he's just 6-8. And he only has 10 health. And it's not anything in, intrinsically wrong with 10 health monsters, but it just, man, it seems like Rockstar doesn't have enough to compensate for that one, and that's probably my biggest gripe with him, you know, is this monster has, is a 10 health monster that, I feel like, I feel like the 10 health monsters should just be, like, really, really strong, but that's just me. Anyways, Rockstar, the premier rule on his card is called High Impact. This is a faction-wide buff to units that make, gives their blast attacks and additional boost dice. So, this is why you bring Rogzor. He is a commander-style monster, and he increases the you know, unit shooting capacity. So he's really good at doing that one. It allows for a lot of disruption. Your two options within the list are, you know, as far as like grunt elite combos are spitters and, or not spitters, uh, the belchers and scorchers. The scorchers are seeing, you know, play in your lists anyway, just because of the ignite rule. But I don't like to count out belchers entirely. And matter of fact, I usually double down on belchers when I'm playing Rogzor. I like to run packages of one elite and two grunts, you know, or you can do one elite, one grunt if you, you know, if they get crowded out from elsewhere. But you want to have, you know, essentially the belchers are pretty slow. It's not a mobile unit, but you want to be able to have options to spawn them on either side of the board, particularly if you already have mod, you know, if they haven't removed them from the previous turn. So that's why you would duplicate something like that. The advantage of Belchers over Scorchers is that they have the indirect fire rule, which allows them to <clears throat> shoot, uh, ignore cover when they're shooting. <coughs> That's a really big deal because you're already getting the extra blue dice, and this is where you'll really be able to get some cheeky shots and some, you know, unit removal that you wouldn't be able to have access to otherwise. So that's a good thing to keep in your back pocket. That's, the Scorchers will not do that. But the Scorchers do have a similar threat range. I think the Belchers speed 4, shoot 5. And the Scorchers are speed 5, shoot 4. So they're going to be a little bit farther forward. Both models are defense too, so it's kind of irrelevant there. The Scorchers have flight though versus... I don't even think the Belchers have all-terrain. So some differences there, some lateral choices. When you hear us talk about lateral choices, that's exactly what we mean. You know, it's kind of the player preference and what the rest of the list looks like and, and what you want to do with it for that one. So 
other rules on the card. Rogzor has this big spiny gun thing. That's kind of his... You've got flipper hands and Zaxor, and Rogzor is needle hands. So those are those are the unofficial official names. His brawl attack is unremarkable. So is his power attack. Three blue boost dice on his power attack is really, really restricting. You know, uh, it's not really, really, but it definitely impacts you know, what you're doing with him, uh, and your decisions around him makes things just a touch more scary in the early game, and, and one of the reasons that he's not a more competitive option, you know, or one of the higher competitive option. The <clears throat> blast attack is where kind of the money shot is, so to speak. It's a range five gun, which is very good. He's got four blues, full kit there. It has devastation, and also Penetrator. So Penetrator will lower the defense of your target by one. Devastation is going to blow up everything around it. It's a trigger that checks the dice you've already rolled in play, compares the defense to units surrounding uh, the target that you've hit, and takes them along with it. So what Rogzor's main, you know, and kind of linear game plan is he likes to scoot up, shoot the power base, cause massive disruption there, and then step back to safety, you know, and either roll into a unit turn to press it even harder, or, you know, to allow for, like, a second monster turn now that they've been disrupted. So this, unfortunately, is something that's telegraphed. There's a few hard counters in the game, particularly exosuits are something to watch out for, you know, if your opponent is bringing, if your protector opponent is bringing a lot of exosuits in his list, that takes away a lot of Rogzor's hitting power. You'll also run into a little bit of trouble with models that have the Shadow Screen special rule, such as the Shadow Sun, I think the Shadow Sun Industries building is the only one that has it, matter of fact. So, but I don't know, you know, something, if they were to put that, like, on a monster or a different building or something in the future, then that would be something that would scare Rogzor to try to future-proof the episode a little bit. So that's kind of what he does. He just runs up, he shoots your power base, and what this dynamic does, it kind of leaves your other monster in the sticks a little bit, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's just a style of play where your monsters are going to be operating a little bit independent of each other. You know, and one will be disrupting and the other will be focusing on fighting the enemy monster. And it could just be like little blasts or brawls and then retreating, because if you're causing enough disruption in your opponent's power base, then then that's going to be enough, you know, and they're going to have to keep cycling back to unit turns, and eventually you'll start to win that resource tug of war, you know, because they just had to rebuild their base so many times, and Robzer keeps knocking it down. So let's look at his hyper form. Move on into that. In hyper, he keeps high impact, which is a really big deal. A lot of monsters lose things in hyper form, you know, or, or the rules change into different ones, but the high impact rule stays, you know, which is what I think keeps Rogzor competitive because you're bringing him, you know, for that commander subtype and to make your, you have these strong unit turns consistently throughout the game. It's also for this reason that you want Rogs to make sure that Rogzor is the second monster to go down. Typically, you want Rogzor to be in the one-on-one -on -one situation at the end of the game. If you can protect him and stretch out that unit advantage buff, that unit buff advantage, you're going to have a better time. He gets return fire on his card, 
which is a little bit of a dead rule. You don't see that come up very often, but just to touch on it, that is a rule that if he gets missed from a ranged attack, he gets to take the dice in play and roll them again at a different target. You know, it's kind of like a little counterattack move. So what that typically you see is when somebody tries to pitch in unit damage, they try to take a unit damage turn, they roll a bunch of blues and whites, uh, and then Robzor gets, you know, missed, and he can blow up Ivy, and it can, can be anything, I think. Can be a building? Yeah. He just, it's just a blast attack, it's not, I mean, it's restricted on his range, but it's otherwise, he can target whatever he wants. He keeps Devastation, he keeps Penetrator on his blast, he gains no special rules on his brawl and power attack, so he is kind of a more vanilla monster, and he's kind of reflective of an earlier design process in, in Monster Apocalypse, like, history, I guess, or, you know, what the earlier direction Privateer Press was trying to take the game. He does gain beatback on his gun, which, on his blast attack, and I think beatback is one of the, probably one of the stronger rules in the game, just because of the implications it has in the late game, uh, you know, particularly in the 1v1, you know, when there's not as many buildings, having the option to clunk two monsters together or, you know, push people around just gives you one more direction of attack and you can do it from kind of far away, uh, you know, so if you're in a situation where both players kind of have an anemic power base, they're putting a lot of action dice into their attacks, Rogzer can almost do like a forced hit and run, he doesn't have that role, but you can shoot somebody beat them back twice, and then use the rest of your dice to step, cycle into a unit turn, you know, and then it's just going to put them really, really far out of position. Left to spend their whole turn running back to you. So, those are kind of the angles of play, the things that he likes to see. For unit list composition, other than the, the Planet Eater blast units, that's really all he needs to see, or all that he wants to see. Everything else can either be built around your preferred staples, or your partner monster. Building, same thing. Uh, here's a situation where you can get use out of the um, uh, the satellite dish. What is it called? We'll circle back. You can bring a... You should bring... I, I'll say you should bring a Harbinger Shard just to get that discount on the Planet Eater units as a bonus if you can get any extra dice out of it. But that's pretty important. The communications array is the satellite building. So the comm array doesn't see a ton of play, but here's a list where it would benefit, you know, because it works on both monsters and units. So that's a good pickup. And then with partner monsters, you kind of just want, uh, you want to go with, uh, you want to swing high with your monster choice to partner with Rogzor. He's not somebody that you would want to bring, you know, to off, off the beaten path or, or two kind of more of the malign monsters. I think you can definitely use him in competitive play. And for a while, the early Rogzor, he was a nightmare. People, he was like the list to solve for. People were running these like crazy... Um, another Jeff list was the Hammerclack Rogzor pair, which is a little crazy because both of those monsters have 10 health. So you're like really, really light on hit points. But it was just such an aggressive and oppressive... It's like you could not capture anything. Your base was never safe. Your monsters were never safe. It just got in everywhere and did what it needed to do. So he definitely can be a competitive monster, but you need somebody on the higher tier list, uh, you know, 
somebody strong that's going to help you with that one. And probably what you want to reach for is somebody with screen clearing in alpha, something like the Ares Cthulhu if you want a more defensive utility pairing, or you're going to want somebody with access to super damage just to help burst them down and kind of compensate for that lower health pool. If you're looking at a faction pure destroyers pair, I would recommend going Gorgadra and Rogzor. Zaxor is fine, but he's just he, Zaxor wants to pair with the, uh, with Gorgadra. I think if you're going pure planet eaters, you take the strongest monster, being Gorgadra, and then you just partner him up with whichever one you like better, um, and you just you know make sure that you always bring Big Daddy with you. It's kind of the way to go. So that's Rogzor, that's the Planet Eaters. We're going to do some protector stuff. I think this episode's probably going up Friday. So everybody enjoy your weekend. We're going to do some protector stuff next week. And some more competitive scene type stuff. You know, we'll do get some other types of content out. Thank you guys all for listening, and I'll catch you next time.